Good evening, and welcome to the 27th episode of the North of 49 podcast. As always, I'm Scott. And you are here with Curtis. And uh, Curtis, as I think we've established, uh, we are both uh, diehard sports fans of many sports. And oh, topic, Almost all of the sports, Scott. Almost, almost all, all the sports. Them. I think combined, we like almost everything. Because I don't care for baseball, but you like baseball some. And we don't both hate anything, do we? We both no. sort of like don't mind basketball. Yeah, the only thing I don't think we really talk about is bridge. But maybe when we're older. Yeah, maybe someday. But we'll get there. We could get into golf a little bit more, I suppose. But anyway, that's a discussion for a different day. Um, but uh, our topic today is uh, video review in sports. And it's becoming a bigger and bigger issue, I would say, in nearly every major sport. And uh, I mentioned I wanted to discuss this today because I've been going crazy about a few things in particular. Uh, you are not a CFL fan, but I watch the CFL, and the CFL has expanded their video review, and now they are including reviews of things like pass interference, and anything can be challenged, basically. Not ever anything, but almost anything can be challenged. So if there's a routine 10-yard pass, you can challenge illegal contact on the other side of the field, completely away from the play, completely irrelevant, and try to get a penalty call in your favor that way. And these lead to five and six minute reviews, at least, and it slows the game down to a halt. And I was curious, to start off, how much video review is enough for you? Where would you draw the line? Well, Using technology sports. Generally speaking, video review to get calls right on the surface seems like an obviously good idea. How often, I, I remember going to hockey games when we were younger and watching uh, Mick Magoo ref. <laughs> yep. And his calls were atrocious, and they were almost always wrong, and you'd always be like, I wish we could review that. And now we have the ability to do things like that, and it's worse. I, I was better with the flawed ref. I, I preferred that. We... It's just, I, I, there's nowhere to draw the line. And in your example of the CFL, they didn't draw a line anywhere. There, it's basically no, they... everything goes. Anything's in play now, yeah. And at, at that point, the, the, the old argument was, well, if you can review it, why do you need a ref? And it's kind of laughable. You're like, of course you need a ref. But if you're going to review everything, seriously, why do you need a ref? The, one of the fundamental problems with video review for me is we can sit down and watch a football game. We can watch any sport. You can watch things in a video review and still disagree on what the call is. And I find this with football, and this is both sides of the border. I'll watch a video review, and I am about 55% confident I know which way it's going. But nobody really knows. The commentators don't know. We're now like defining things like, you know, if a guy survives two football motions with the ball. And we're trying to decide if something that, you know, you can't call in split time, and you can't even figure out when you're slowing it down pixel by pixel if something's happening or not. And we delay games so people can sit in stadiums while everybody's pouring over a zoomed-in video review. And it's just, to me, it's so maddening. I would, I would dial back video review on nearly every sport. I, if anything, it's confirmed that a ref's job is incredibly difficult. Because they're making the calls, which 95% of the time are right, without the ability to look at videos. 
And you're right. Like you, you look at a video review, and I, I would think generally about fifty to fifty to sixty percent of the time they get that call right. And you see how inconclusive most are in super slow motion. I, the other problem I have, it, for football in particular, is that in person, football is a very slow sport. Mm-hmm. It's not the greatest live event. It's not indoors. That's one thing. There's not as many video boards to keep your attention and other flashy things. So when you stop for five minutes to review some video that you can't even really see, so you're just waiting for whatever the outcome might be, that's bad for the product. It's brutal. And this is, to me, this is one of the things that sporting leagues are forgetting. I, th- I think the basic premise or the justification for these video reviews is always the same by every league. And they will say the most important thing is to get things right. And on the surface, that sounds like that sounds like the truth. But when you really dig down and think about it, the important thing is for people to be entertained. They're selling a product. And that is the exact problem. While we might be upset about a bad officiating call once in a while, we can live with it. Because we can't live with stuff like this. We can't live with the game being boring. We're not going to watch. And I think it's just been massive overreactions to one major moment in both sports. And in the NHL, they put in the video review of the blue line, which has been a catastrophe. And as far as I've heard, hasn't been fixed. And they put that in because of one terrible offside call being blown. The Matt Duchesne play, which I think you probably know, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... I encourage anybody who's listening to go look up Matt Duchesne offside goal. It'll come up on YouTube. He's offside about by about five meters. The linesman has some sort of his brain short circuits. Duchesne skates up and scores. And the league said after that they got to avoid stuff like that happening. So now, anybody who's over blue line by a quarter of an inch when you slow it down can lead to a goal being disallowed in a league that is struggling for points. And the CFL overdid this because they had one flagrant pass interference that their truly incompetent officials can't handle. And they said, now we need to video review every pass interference that, that is challenged because we don't want this happening again. You have to live with this. We live with our athletes making mistakes. You can live with referees making mistakes. That, that was the exact point I was going to make. We... The athletes make plenty of mistakes, so why can't the other stakeholders in the game make a few mistakes too? Uh, nobody's going to do a better job than they do, I, I think is essentially the gist of it. Mm-hmm. So let let them do their job. Where in uh, your opinion as do you think... Uh, Sorry, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, as far as technology in sports... You know, things like uh, soccer's like goal line technology, things like that common sense common sense solutions football should have some sort of goal line technology hockey should figure that out somehow that kind of stuff makes perfect sense to me one of my uh, the beefs i think with video reviews i'm all for using technology if it can seamlessly be inserted into the game because isn't part of all these all these games part of these games is is fatigue that comes into play. In a football game, you get tired. In a hockey game, you get tired. But delaying a game with like these little 10-minute intermissions changes that aspect of things, too. So I, I like the soccer. Tennis is great. Tennis has obviously been revolutionized by the technology. 
and they've eliminated the arguing over line calls, which was in some ways fun, but they've corrected that completely. And I think there's, there's applications, same with volleyball. There's applications that are great, but nobody likes these long delays. And nobody, I think, really cares that much either. I, don't, I just don't think, I don't understand the justification. I, I, the, the funniest part, you, you, did, you mentioned the tennis, and they've made those reviews into something of an event, mm-hmm. if anything, right? Like, the fans get, like, doing that, oh, oh yeah. right? Like, it's actually kind of fun. <laughs> it, it's, it's so smart and simple. It, the laugh is that in the NBA, they use similar technology as, I assume, the tennis thing, where there's cameras placed around the arena, mm-hmm. and they can track the movement of every player on the floor. And they can use that data to, uh, you know, show their players which player, which opposing team players have specific tendencies. Very high tech stuff. That's one example of technology being very useful. Why can't the leagues use that to their advantage in some fashion when it comes to administering the game? That that's what I don't understand. The teams notoriously slow and pig-headed when it comes to like advancements and going away from how things have always been have jumped on board how come the leagues can't seem to do that it's very peculiar where they draw the line in these things i this doesn't this feel like it's all it's it's all sort of towards damage control these leagues don't want to be embarrassed by really bad officiating blunders so they'd rather play it safe even though if they're risking gameplay well and they they invariably just end up looking stupider. And I also, I also wonder how bad this is for the officials themselves. Because if you're an official now, you're, I, we always come back to football because this is the one that I think that becomes the most uh, analyzed by video review. But if you're the official and you know that any fumble is going to be reviewed, aren't you more inclined to say a guy wasn't down and then you know that the video review is going to correct it later? Yeah. I think so. I think so. I don't know. I, I would I would always be playing it safe in that situation. I would just think if, if you're the ref, I mean, you know everybody's already second-guessing all of your calls. That's kind of the nature of the job. <laughs> but now they get to throw everything you did up on the big screen and not just quickly play it between plays. It's like, you know what? We're going to stop the game entirely. Mm-hmm. including everybody at home, the tens of millions of people watching, and we're going to pick apart what you just might have messed up. Or maybe you did a great job, and everybody would be like, that ref, not using your name, mm-hmm. did, did, a, <laughs> did a great job. You actually got one right. Uh, I, uh, it bothers me a lot. I think it's really butchering a lot of sports. And I think, they, I think they're going to have a real hard time going back. Because the... The challenge now, if they have a video review that guarantees a call is theoretically not blown, how do you move back to a time before and accept that you now are going to start missing calls that you had caught at one point? I think the funny part is that almost all of the leagues are trying to focus on how to improve the fan experience. Mm-hmm. And most of their ideas revolve around shortening the time period that it takes to play the game. Which is and almost this, always the right decision. The, and, and this does, does not shorten the time period that it takes to play the game. 
That said, I think I disagree with what you said there. Which one? Which part? The almost always the right decision. The numbers seem to back that up, but me as a person that might be paying to go to a game and and nothing these days is cheap, mm -hmm. I'm cool if I got to be there for like five hours. At least I okay. feel like I'm, I'm getting my money's worth. Do I want there to be long pauses where nothing happens? No, that's not very much fun. But you know what? I don't want to be there for two hours if I paid like $150. I want to be there for five. But either way, you're getting two hours of entertainment, and they're just packing in three hours of breaks in between. What if I, I see your point to a degree. I just feel like everything about the fan experience, and this is slightly off topic now, everything only gets more expensive as things do in the world. So not complaining about that necessarily. But you're getting significantly less for your money each time. Mm -hmm. And it almost goes for all sports. Unfortunately, except for baseball, that seems to run forever. Mm -hmm. I've noticed, um, have you been to a hockey game since they've started reviewing blue lines? Stuff like that? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to a couple last year. Okay. I was at a game the end of last year for the Oilers. And they were playing St. Louis, and of course the Oilers are miles out of the playoffs, so who really cares? But I was there when they had one of those goals where the Oilers score, and then... There's a referee discussion. You don't even know why. And then they tell you 40 seconds ago, there was an offside and the goal now doesn't count. And that I think is the biggest problem though. If you were there and not even the wait, but if you were there, you jump up and cheer when something good happens. You see the players celebrate, you know, that's why you come to a sporting event. And then you're told randomly, it's just disallowed two minutes later. That is a fundamental problem. That if you want to call off sides, you better have some sort of sensor that tells you, like, sensors to the ref in a second. That has to stop, because that is a catastrophe. You know what I always have had uh, an issue with? Do you remember when they used to do video review for goals, and the ref would, you know, go, he'd get on the microphone or whatever, get on the, the headset, and then he'd just come out and point at center ice yeah. or wave off the goal? That was like hockey's version of the tennis thing. You were waiting just for like the random action of his arms. Mm -hmm. And now they do that stupid skate out and give a little blurb and then point. I'm okay with the blurb. Do the point. You want the then point first? Do the point first because that's the suspenseful part. I don't want to listen to what he's got to say to explain what is about to happen. I want to <laughs> point at what happened and then explain why. So your solution is essentially you want these video reviews to be more entertaining. <laughs> well, if you're that, that's where we're, that's where we're coming back to. If you're going to throw it in there because it's probably not going anywhere, we might as well add a little showmanship to it. Maybe Mick football. Magoo. Mick Magoo would have been great. Mick Magoo would have been great at, at this. So maybe maybe they need to look at like building in you know like basketball the second they have a stoppage the cheer they just run out of the field or something. Maybe they need to treat. The video review like a full commercial stoppage. Scott, to go back to your cheerleader point, the yeah. Octane have just barely departed us. Oh, sorry. It's, it's, it's still wrong. It's too soon, Scott. It's too <laughs> soon. I, I think it's really tough. That, that's a different topic. But I think it's really rough on the Octane to kick them out and replace them with a gigantic lynx. <laughs> the scariest mascot I've ever seen. 
it's just ah, that was such an Oilers thing to do. It's, it's, it was so Oilers. It's funny because in the picture, p- people make fun of like the the uh, the unveiling picture because it's like, oh, that's scary. But like, eh, it was like, I don't really get it, but okay, it's not that scary. But then they showed it in like a dark hallway at like an elementary school. <laughs> it was like legitimately terrifying. Uh, whose Halloween costume was that? Because that kid should win first prize. How how did the owners choose a lynx, by the way? Like, what you, was the thinking there? Like, I assume there are some lynx in the province. I can't say I've ever seen one. Obviously not an animal you just see walking down the street. Mm-hmm. But, you know, nothing says Oilers like lynx. Right, we should have done something like we should have had like a drunken oil field worker or... Uh, a roughneck. I like an, an $11 Rexall beer. Or what else could we do? I thought they would have just done something like an... A, giant oil drop or something just call them drippy <laughs> drippy wow <laughs> that's that's bad scott that's really i could bad. i could i know i could work for oilers pr but um i don't know that that seemed anyway uh what would you perfect world what is your football video review what can they review what can't they how do you do it scoring plays i think you keep it that simple breaking the goal line Goal line, if you can't get the goal line tech for whatever reason, um, or if it's a good catch, things like that, it should just go to instant review. Kind of, I think like it already does. And that should be that. No challenge flags, none of that garbage. Just review it. It's always happening in the background. It doesn't have to be talked about. That's that. Hmm. Okay. The CFL does one thing I do like video review wise and this is the only thing I like. I think there is something to be said about they they have a situation where if the referees do something egregiously wrong, they have a headset and upstairs can call down and say that is clearly wrong. And if you can do that and if you can incorporate it into the game where you give the video review guys you know, 30 or 40 seconds where something is flagrantly wrong, you see a guy drops a pass and they say it's a catch, you can buzz down to the referee and essentially overrule a a flagrantly wrong call. I'm okay with that. But obviously that comes with a lot of gray area too. But personally, I would say turnovers and goal line, and that's it. The rest of this stuff is too technical, it's too open to debate, and it just drags the game on way too long. Yeah, I was just keep it simple right like choose the plays that genuinely affect the game or the outcome of the game it doesn't have to be every little thing here and there that's why like a pass interference like looking at that that's that's silly that's silly you should never video review something that is so open to interpretation and you could show it to a hundred football fans and they might be split 50 50 on it and trying to make a hard conclusion with that is 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 idiotic well hockey for example that that you get any more any more review in there, and we're going to be reviewing whether the guy intended to flip the puck over the boards. Yes. Like, that. that's everybody's favorite rule, but that's what it's going to be down to. It's going to be, like, reviewing it in slow motion to see if his eyes, like, glanced up at the stands oh. to see if he, like, thought about doing it <laughs> or something, like, ridiculous like that. You know, th- there's one other thing. I uh, This is sort of related to video review that I think needs to stop. I, I'm, I'm all fired up today. We need to stop this 
slowing down plays. So we're taking professional athletes who are moving at a ludicrous clip, and we are slowing it down as slow as video can go to decide if the principal point of contact is the head. You know, those hockey plays where a guy is turning and they're literally we're watching video and trying to decide if he made contact shoulder to shoulder or head to shoulder first. Like that is under someone's control when two people are moving and at split seconds changing position. This has to be boiled down. No, it's just, we have to say, you can't hit a guy intentionally up high. You can't target the head. And that has to be up to discretion. It can't be like, well, he might have touched that quarterback's head first, so it's a penalty. It has to be he was going for the head or going low, but none of this, you know, like analyzing film, like it's the Zapruder film here, and trying to figure out what exactly happened. It is so stupid. Like, you can't blame a guy if the guy he's trying to hit ducks last second and he brushed his helmet. I don't know why people are not more upset about this. It's so stupid. Yeah, I think with all like the concussion talk of the last number of years, obviously everybody's more sensitive to such things. But I agree, it's gone overboard. You used to be able to tell. You could tell on film when a defender, for example, hit a forward who had his head down and really cranked him and went up high. You could tell. And they're moving yeah. not quite as fast as they do now, but they're still moving fast. Nowadays, I mean, the pads are obviously a little bit bigger. There's things like that. Guys are fitter, faster, all that stuff. But you're right. All it takes is just a split second. You know, uh, a guy slips a little as you get towards him. That, that's a, mm -hmm. a popular one for guys to get dinged for major penalties. Like, I know, it, Concussions. We don't want those. Don't target a guy's head. But I have to say, on most of those calls, I figure the guy isn't. It's just in this incidental contact. I think that the, our obsession with video review has really, I mean, it's made it a lot worse from the perspective that uh, for, for these athletes, like, it's, we're analyzing everything so often and we're forgetting about motive. And you can tell when someone's trying to kill a guy. You know it. And I'm so tired of watching these clips where, you know, if you can't tell real time, we're judging people in slow motion, which is just, it's, it's just asinine to me. Anyway, I lost my train of thought there, but I think the whole thing needs to go away. It needs to go away soon. And it's going to be really hard to go back because people like to be very conscious about concussions now. And to say, we're just going to relax about this, we'll receive the worst coverage imaginable. Yeah. So they're probably stuck with this now, and this is the way things are going to be. And frankly, it's not going to help much because we're playing, these are talking about combat sports where people are roided up and they're running at each other top speed. There's not much you can do about it. People are going to get hurt. That's life. Well, I don't disagree with any of that. <laughs> I, have a, I have a thought. I was, it's only because I was talking to somebody about it yesterday. And okay. it's entirely off topic, but it is about rules in hockey. Mm -hmm. I want ties back. Me too. And that'll never come back either. I know. I don't understand the NHL standings, and that's something I used to know by memory. I just don't get it. Like, I understand they wanted teams to go for the win. I get all of that. So then make a, make a tie zero points. 
There. Well, I hate that. I, I hate that idea, but I like the idea of bringing back a tie. You don't like the zero point tie, but nobody won. Why should they be given uh, anything? I might choose the zero point tie over the current system, but I would rather have the three two one zero system. That makes more sense. At least there's incentive to win in regulation. I do think every game should be worth the same. And I'm with you. The standings don't make sense anymore. I would just rather go back to traditional ties. I was okay. Were, were people complaining? Like I, Apparently. I, we, we were younger then, uh, so I don't really remember. But I, I don't remember people complaining. I don't know why this is... I, I wonder the same thing. I don't, I don't remember that being a big issue that people are like, well, a tie, this is outrageous. Like I needed... I need a definitive result. If you battled for a tie with a good team, I feel like that was just a good result. You didn't mind. Yeah, you, that's were, back... you were happy to get out of there with a point. Like... Streaks used, yeah, streaks used to make sense. You'd have undefeated streaks and winning streaks, and and you could actually see. And this is my big beef with hockey: real five hundred, um, because you literally have to add things up now to figure out what a team's real record is. I and... I don't know how I. I... I see what they call over 500, and all I see is more losses than wins, and it doesn't make sense to me. I'm pulling up the, the hockey standings right now, but according to the NHL's definition of 500, the Montreal Canadiens, who finished 14 points out of the playoffs, were a 500 hockey team. The New Jersey Devils were an above 500 hockey team, and they finished 12 points out of the playoffs. And... There were all of three teams in the Eastern Conference below 500, and there were five in the Western Conference below 500. So 22 of 30 teams were 500 or above, according to NHL standings. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that doesn't make sense. No, it's it's the it's the thing where the NHLs they want to cheat. They want most of their teams to be good. Because instead, we no longer have we no longer have a winner or loser every game. Instead, they're all basically mediocre. And that's the other thing. It just has sort of made everybody average, hasn't? It? Unless a team like Washington has a legitimately impressive record, everybody just sort of is blended together. You know, like Dallas had 109 points, that about 20 points up on the 10th place team. It's just it's nothing is pronounced anymore. No, oh, yeah, it basically seeds two through. 13 are all within like eight points of each other yeah so who knows who's good who's not it, it it's just blended it all together it's probably made gambling more difficult you would think you can't really tell the good teams from the bad yeah i think that yeah i would assume so well i know i have no success gambling in hockey so i assume no one else does either that's okay i never did yeah <laughs> anyway curtis anything else we want to add today about uh Video review and sports and all the things we hate. Oh, I could probably throw together a hundred things, but we're almost at 30 minutes, so we should probably stop there. All right. Uh, we will be back later this week. We're committed to that, right? We're going to be back later this week? We're going to talk about something. Okay. Well, we should talk. We have, Hockey's right around the corner. We've got to preview that and uh, share our thoughts on the others this year, who, by the way, suffered some injuries tonight. So that's always, that's always good news. Oh, no. Now I have to check the internet. Yeah. There was a headshot. So if everybody wants to go see an actual headshot, our, our young defenseman, Brandon Davidson, got his head taken off by an LA King today. So on that happy note, uh, that's it for me today. Thank you, everyone. 
and we'll talk to you soon.